around, right? When I was a kid, it was about sports or grades competitions, right? I had two teachers as parents, so grades were important. Um, then kind of girlfriend competition. Who are you going out with? Oh, she's cute. Ah. And then cool car competition, which I consistently lost and still lose to this day. But that was the competition. And then trying to be cool, uh, and then trying to be liked and admired even, and then you know trying to wear the right clothes and being with the right people. So that was kind of you know middle school, high school a little bit. Anybody else? Okay. Um, and then when I graduated, I went uh, worked in tech when I first started. It was the money competition. Uh, and then in that industry, it was like who's the most innovative? Who's who's the smartest? It was like a bunch of bright people who like to talk about their brightness. Or it was the make your client happy competition, so you get a better client. So that was that competition. Uh, you know, there's lots of kinds of competitions, right? What competition do you get caught up in? What are you involved with? Maybe it's the creative person competition, right? The most witty, creative, original, distinctive, you know, unique. Uh, there's that competition going on with some people. Fun competition. Who's having the most fun? Man, do you see those Instagram feed? Man, they, that person's having fun. They are living the best life. They're living my bucket life. Uh, bucket list life, fun competition. Who has, who's doing the most fun things? The parenting competition, right? This is easy to get sucked into. Who has the best, smartest, like most achieving, high achieving kids? Yeah, that can get crazy. The nicest or latest stuff competition. The most comfortable life competition. There's lots of competitions, right? That you can be part of and that you can participate in and all right, so lots of games out there, lots of human-made competitions, pursuits, prizes. Some of them great, some of them not so great, right? But into this cluster of human-made games or competitions or ways to structure your life, God chose to come and reveal to structured the way things really are. He's revealed that. He's also revealed the way to succeed, the strategies that you can work to use to succeed in this real game, this lasting game that will end up with a lasting prize, a lasting crown, um, dwelling in the house forever sort of thing. All right, so God has come into us, into this world to show us this situation. We're going to look at that. So anytime maybe you learn a new game, uh, you need to learn what? Rules, right? Yeah. And hopefully, you know, someone can explain to you, well, you need to know the parameters. You need to know what else? The objective. What are we trying to do here? Right? Um, and what are the limits of my power? What, you know, what are the things you can't do? Uh, that sort of thing. All right, so God has revealed this to us in his word. And I've diagrammed it for you in a handy little fold-out. It should be in your bulletin. Is it in your bulletin? All right, if you don't have a bulletin, get your bulletin because you're not going to be able to see this. This is the lay of the land. This is the situation. This is reality. This is the game of life, if you will. All right, here's the deal. Starts with everything is good. That's in the beginning, everything was good. Genesis 1 and 2, God created everything good, very good. And he created humanity in his image and likeness, distinct, amazing abilities, Amazing uh, gift of being blessed and getting to rule under him over creation. And everything was good. We had close communication and communion with one another. We had good relationship with God. And we had access 
to everything we needed, including the tree of life. We could eat that and live forever. And things were good. All right. But what happened? We weren't content. We were not content. We reached for more. We pushed aside and ignored the one rule that God gave us, the one command, a simple rule, a simple command that he warned us would lead to death. All right? So in this game, high stakes, right? Uh, and we did it. We, we broke that rule. We broke that command. We transgressed. We sinned. And into the human experience came the struggle, came death and decay and pain and shame and toil. All of creation, including you and me, we're under this frustration that God's getting. We're under the curse. This is the consequence of turning away from God. All right, so that's our situation. That brings us to number two. Humanity has fallen. See that box down there, the lower box? That's where we are now. That's our situation. Humanity has fallen. So right now, when we're born, this thing what we're born into, uh, we're born into a situation where we are dead in sin. Under the curse. Remember that we get sick, we die, we suffer. Why are things so hard? Well, we're under the curse. Genesis 3. Uh, we have a separation from God. There's God, God is distant. And God has revealed to us when we're in this situation, when we're in this condition, we are lost. We are born into this. This is the deal. God has revealed it. This is what's going on. Now, that sounds pretty bleak and kind of grim, uh, but God's good. He loves us. He loves this thing that he set up and he created. And so he started right away, even in Genesis 3, right during the fall, he gave us a promise that an offspring would come through whom he would renew the whole world. He would restore humanity's relationship with God. He would restore the world. We'd even have access back to the tree of life. Um, there's one who would come, who would rescue humanity, lift us up again, save us, make us new. Uh, and and this, so we waited for this promised one. The promise started with a guy named Abraham way back, Genesis 12, and went through this line of Jacob to Israel. And then from Israel arose the one, came the one. His name's Yeshua in Hebrew. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son given, the Child born, Jesus. So that takes us to Jesus' first coming. And you've got to know these rules. You've got to know the, the setup, the situation, in order to live this life well. So Jesus came. He lived the sinless life. He obeyed perfectly, the perfect human. He ran the perfect race. And he took upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins, past, present, future. He absorbed them. He took justice upon himself that you and I deserve. To release us from that, to reconcile us to God, he opened up a way back to God, a way to level up and be transferred, move from lostness to being saved. That's the box ahead, a box above to the kingdom of God. And there's a, there's a great passage we get that Jesus gives us. John 5, 24 captures this, this move up into this other box. John 5, 24, Jesus said, whoever hears my word 
and believes him who sent me. Who, whoever believes what I say, the one who sent me, the words he's given me, whoever puts their trust in my words, what I've said, what I've done, has eternal life. You can almost hear the bells ringing. Bing, 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 bing. Eternal life, you got it. You got it. And will not be judged. All right, so your destination no longer is judgment, separation from God, God's wrath, or hell. You've leveled up. You've gotten out of that pit. You will not be judged, but you've crossed over from death, lostness, deadness and sin, under the curse. You've crossed over from that to life, to new life, to the kingdom of God. All right. How do you do it? What do you have to do? How do you level up? How do you get through? Turn of this game that we're in, that you're born into, that's happening around us. Objective number one is don't stay lost. Be saved. Don't stay lost. Be saved. And do that before the clock runs down to zero. And there's a little trick about our game is you don't know when the clock is going to hit zero. When the clock hits zero, what happens? You die to face God. And you're either going to be with God, reconciled to him, part of the new heaven and earth that's to come, or you remain dead in your sins, separated from God forever. High stakes. We know about it now. Number one. Objective, don't stay lost, be saved. Do it before the trumpet sounds and Jesus returns or you die to go be, and be with him, whatever comes first. Now, if you want help sorting that out, if you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. How do I navigate that? Please come talk to me. Come talk to Sharon or Jeff, the prayer team, uh, Ving or Sal, Jonathan. There's a lot of people you can talk to. Talk to us. Don't put it off. Okay, objective number one of the game. Okay, is that it? No, there's more. There's another level. This is cool. This is exciting. Number two, the second level for those who are already saved, who are already in Christ, who are already, already part of the new creation, who have already crossed over from death to life. Many of us here, most of us here. Level one is complete. That's awesome. That's huge. Rest in it. Thank God for it. You know, that's the big one. But then we got, we have another objective, another goal. All right, let's listen to Paul for this one. Remember, we've been going through Acts, and Paul's this guy that, man, he's just, he's just clicking with God. He is, he is doing the things that God has called him to do. And he writes a letter to some believers, to some Christ followers, to some people who have been saved, who, are, who have leveled up, who have achieved that first objective and he says this to them. He gives them uh, his example for them to follow, for us to follow. Listen to this, Philippians 3.12. This is the next objective. Listen here. I press on. This is what I do now. I'm saved because of what Jesus did for me. Thank you, Lord. Now I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. See, there's some purpose there. There's some, something God has prepared for you to do. There's a reason God took hold of you. He's got some good works prepared for you to do that will bless others. He wants you to be fruitful. All right, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, 
I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I haven't reached it. I'm not there yet. But one thing I do, and listen, this is, this is good for us to remember. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Man, if you want to run this next leg well, forget what's behind. Don't let your old life haunt you. Old sins, big mistakes, just say, thank you, Jesus, for paying the punishment for me for my sins on the cross, paid in full. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to look back. I can forget what was behind. And now, straining ahead toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Okay, there's a goal to win the prize. Hey, there's a prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Objective number two, if you've already leveled up, if you're already part of the kingdom of God, this is our goal, this is our objective. Press on, press on to win the prize. Win the prize. Now think about this, all right? If you've been saved, you're part of the kingdom of God. If you're united to God in Christ, you are part of this winning team. We already know we win. We know the outcome. We're already more than conquerors. Which is super cool. So think about that situation. You are in the Champions League final. That's a big football competition, like kicking football. All right, you're in the Champions League final. You know you're going to win. So how are you going to play? You're on that team. How's that going to help you play? You're going to be pretty loose. Like, you're going to be free. You're going to be like, man, I just, I want to be a great contributor. I want to play well because we're going to win. And it's going to be so sweet to celebrate that victory knowing that, man, I played hard. You played hard. I don't want to be on the bench. I don't want to be, you know, like, woo, you know, just getting the ring. I want to be part of that. I want to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. We get to do this together. All right, and win the prize and savor it and feel like, yeah, that was great. That was a great game. That was a great pass. Yeah, you struggled a bit, but you got up, man, and you got in the game. That's what we get to do. That's this next level that we're in now. God wants to help you. God wants to help you press on so that when you hit the finish line, and, and look at that box again on your diagram, the kingdom of God, what's the next thing when Jesus returns? New heaven and new earth. And there's going to be a little, there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be evaluation. Not a judgment, hey, are you condemned going to hell or heaven? No, that's been taken care of by Jesus. But this one is, how did you live? What did you do with the things that I gave you? How did you run the race? Were you in the race? I gave you one talent, five talent, ten talents. What did you do with them? Did you bury them? Did you invest them in the kingdom of God? Did you partake in the things that I've called you to do? Did you take hold of the things for which I called you for? Did you follow me? That's the opportunity for us. This is the moment for us to decide. Do we want to press on, take hold of the prize, finish that line well, or do we kind of just want to like, hey, I got here. So if you want to run this race well, God doesn't just give us the objective, press on, win the prize, but he also gives you a strategy. He gives you the strategy. He lays it out for us. This is how you win. This is how you run that race well. This is how you play the game well so that when you get to the destination, you're like, yes. And maybe you hear that, well done, good and faithful servant. You played well out there. Hebrews 12, listen to this. Therefore, since 
We, believers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now picture this. What he's talking about there are those people who've run the race before us and finished the race. They're like cheering you on, man. They're like, get up, get up, man. Get in the, get in the game. Anybody, what, what do you like to watch? What's your favorite sport to watch? Volleyball. Women's volleyball. What else? Football. Football season's coming up, man. Volleyball season, I don't know when that is, but don't, when you watch, don't you get into that? I just like, come on. Come on, team. Don't give up. Did you see that shot? It's super fun, right? There's a great cloud of witnesses doing that for you. Jesus is praying for you. He wants you to run this race well. He's like, get up, son. Come on, daughter. You can do this. Get back into it. Yeah, you had a bad week. Yeah, you had a bad year. Come on. Back in the game. Let's go. All right. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the originator, and the perfecter, the one who's going to complete your faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He ran his race, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that nasty competition, they were rough so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Number one, how to run this well. Number one, to even get in this race, to be on the track, throw off everything that hinders you. I just picture like a runner, and he's tangled up. He's not even getting to the start line. Because he's bound up in sin, he's still messing around with sin. He's still living like he's in the kingdom of darkness. He's He's lost. He's living like he's lost. He's wandering around down there. He doesn't know where the start line is. He doesn't know where the race is. He's just, you know, participating in a bunch of other things. He's in a bunch of other competitions. He's missing the race. Don't be that guy. Take off the stuff that's hindering you, that's keeping you from running the race well. Could be sin, could be a relationship, could be a pursuit that just doesn't fit the kingdom of God. It's a lot of things, right? We all have our entanglers. You can't run well. You can't press on and win the prize if you're tangled up. Yeah, you, you'll get into heaven. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about did you play the game? Were you in? Were you a contributor? Can you really feel great when you, when you hit the, the finish line? All right, throw off everything that hinders you. And, and it's tough, man. Sometimes life down here is tough. You notice on that diagram, there's that line. It kind of looks like stitching. You know, we're in the kingdom of God, but we're still under the burden of the curse of decay in some ways. Like we're in this age of tension. We're, we're there, but we're not yet there. Um, things are tough. Our bodies are still breaking down. Things are tough. People are pain. There's sin in the world, in us and others around us. It's a struggle. All right, sometimes it's tough because of that. Um, but this takes us to number two. When things get tough, number two, keep running the race. Keep running. What else are you going to do? You can go back to that old stuff and just, you know, waste some more time. Keep running the race that God marked out for us. 
All right, that God marked out for us. Now, that sounds like an important bit of information. What is this race that God has marked out for us? Give me some more information about that. I need to read the instructions about that. What's the race? 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10 gives us a big element of this race. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, Paul writing to some believers at Corinth. He says, we make it. Us, we, you, me, brothers and sisters in Christ, we make it our goal, our aim, our objective to please him, to please Jesus. Whether we're at home in the body, so on earth or away from it, when we go back, to, go to be with God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talking about that, hey, how did you live your life type of judgment. All right? We make it our goal, our aim to please Jesus in everything we do. That is a target. That's where we're running in this race. That's part of running this race. You can do this in any area of your life. You can do this whatever you're doing through your day. Make it your aim to please Jesus. Does this honor you? Well, how do I respond to this email? What would be a good way to, that would please you, Lord? Help me see the way because I've got some ways that I might want to respond to this. What do you want me to do? What pleases you? How do I respond to this person? This situation? This job offer? This opportunity? This idea? How do I walk that out? We bring it under the rule and reign of Christ. We make it our aim to please him. You know, in another place, Jesus says, what's the big target? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to hit both of those. This is under love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Whatever you do, how you speak to people, how you respond to situations, make it your aim to please him. That's the game. That's the race marked out for us. Okay, that's big chunk number one. Big chunk number two, Matthew 18, 14. Listen to this. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to win, if you want to excel in this, this race, this kingdom of God, Matthew 18, 14. Jesus is talking to his disciples in the crowd, and he calls a child in the crowd to himself. Puts the child in front of him and says, Whoever humbles himself, like this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of God. So what are we hearing here? To be great in the kingdom of God, to run the race well, what do we need to do? Be humble. Be humble. Be humble. That's pretty, that's pretty weird, right? That's, that's not a lot of the competition out in the world. Jesus is like, be humble. The opposite of humility is pride, right? Let's talk about your accomplishments, what you did. You want people to think, hey, I'm, hey, I'm pretty good. I'm not that guy. I'm this guy, right? Uh, humility is an accurate view of yourself. You, you know that you have strengths and weaknesses, flaws and foibles, you know? You know you're not all that. You got some cool, you got some good things, you got some abilities. You don't have to like, oh, no, I'm terrible at everything. No, that's false humility. Just having a realistic view of yourself. And the thing is, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Everybody has struggles and areas where they're strong. Uh, I was talking to this guy, uh, Jorge, from Colombia. Um, he was at this dinner thing and uh, never met him before. And... He was kind of an impressive guy. Like, he spoke really well. He was intelligent. He's a smart guy. 
clearly successful. I don't know how I kind of gleaned that, but some, you know, the way he's talking about his accomplishments a little bit. And then, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah. And then he, he, uh, he said, I asked, what do you like to do for fun, you know? And he said, oh, I do uh, long-distance swimming. I was like, oh, like, like what? Give me an example. Oh, like swimming across Lake Tahoe, the long, the long ways. Was that, like 20 miles or something? Absurd. Uh, I was like, well, how'd you do that? And he said, oh, I did it at night. You know, my wife and son were in the boat, and we really handy. I'm like, so here's my... Here's me wrestling with humility and pride while he's sharing this. Like, part of me is like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. You know, that's good Wayne. Old Wayne is a little bit like, um, I, I kind of wanted, I felt a little part of me that wanted to tell him why I'm good. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I like to do this, you know, share a little bit of my accomplishments, you know, just, just so I'm in that as well. Hey, just so you know, buddy. So there was a little part of me that wanted to do that. I noticed that. Let me cut this guy down to size so I feel better, right? Uh, okay, a little bit of pride there at work. Um, the other option was self-criticism. Like, ah, oh, man, what do I do? This guy's a long-distance swimmer. He's got a house in Tahoe, you know, a little self-loathing. All that stuff is pride, all right? So humility is, man, that's great. Humility is able to compliment others. Humility doesn't feel threatened by others' success. You know people are, you know, Jorge's awesome. He's got his flaws. You know, that's just reality. Um, can, humility, you can laugh at yourself. You know, you realize you're not all that. You can, you can take a joke. You, you can take criticism. Criticism doesn't floor you. Criticism doesn't, like, you know, rile you up and get defensive. That's, I fall into that trap a lot, right? Get criticized. Oh, well, let me show you why... That's not quite the case, you know. These things are, God wants you to be humble. Humility, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it's not, you know, natural necessarily. I'm not talking about false humility like, oh, I'm the worst, you're the best. That's not real. Um, it's just having a self, an accurate view of yourself, you know. I, I'm pretty good at these things. I'm not good at these things. Where do you get that accurate view of yourself? Bro, yes. You, if you try to get that around the world, hey, what do people think of me? That's a bad competition to be part of. Everybody loses in that competition. No winners there. All right, don't be part of that competition. Or self-evaluation, self-analysis. Good luck. You can't see yourself clearly. You know? Jesus, what do you think? Jesus, what do you say? Jesus, who am I? Jesus, uh... Clearly, I struggle in this area. Please help me, Lord. Hey, thank you. I just know that was great. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Bring it to the Lord. Bring the Lord involved with that. And listen, you can't even get out of level one. Going back to level one, uh, don't stay lost, be saved. You can't even get out of that if you're not humble. Because it's be saved. It's not go save yourself. I, got, I saved myself. Woo. I climbed up into the kingdom of God. Can't do it. I don't need God. God opposes the proud. Not just tolerates them, opposes them. He'll frustrate you. If you're proud, he will frustrate you because it's not good for you. It's a corruption of God's good design for you. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He helps the humble because the humble go to him. Lord, I need help, right? Uh, 
God opposes proud and gives grace to the humble. We need that. This is a way to run the race well. This is a strategy. Stay humble. Aim to please Jesus in everything you do. What's the race I'm in? Aim to please Jesus. Jesus, how do I please you in this situation? Number two, stay humble. The greatest is humble. You want to be great in this thing? You want to be a great player? You want to be great at this? Stay humble. All right, number two. Or number three, Mark 10, 43. Love this epic verse. Mark 10, 43. It's up here. It's not in your bulletin. Sorry about that. Mark 10, 43. Listen to Jesus talking to his disciples, to us. Whoever wants to be great among you. Now, first of all, just remember, God's cool with you being great in the kingdom of God. He wants you to be great at this. He wants you to be a great son or daughter of God. He wants you to, uh, not so that, um, it's not, again, it's not a salvation issue. It is a, now that you've been saved, how are you going to live thing. He wants you to be great at this. All right, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Didn't see that one coming. Must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first, I want to be first, yeah. Must be slave of all. Last of all, slave, servant, super servant. For even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself there. Even the greatest one, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the eternal word of God who became flesh. Even the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve. This is our maker, our creator, a servant. He did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, for you and me. He laid down his life for you and me, ultimate in service, right? Ultimate in self-sacrifice, loving self-sacrifice. That's the race. You want to be great at this? Yes, let's be great. Let's help each other be great in this. Serve one another. Don't be, don't be, hey, I can't do that. That's below me. That's beneath me. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. Serve. Serve each other. What does a good servant look like? What does a good servant do? So where of other people, their needs, how can I help? This is a huge, I remember as a new Christian, this, it felt like tectonic plates that had to be shifted in my life, moving from what do I want, what do I need, what do I feel, you know, what's my agenda, how do I get my way, moving from that to outward. How do I serve? How do I bless? How do I give? And I'm still like moving those plates. It's a slow, they're tectonic plates. So, uh, but it's true. Like the people who serve you, they bless you. And God wants to, you to be like God and bless others, serve others, loving self-sacrifice. That's the race, all right? Anyone, here's the beauty of this thing too. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm okay for recreational volleyball. I'm adequate. I can hit the ball back over the net. Most times, not every time. Um, I can't play, you know, competitive volleyball. Number one, because I'm too short, right? I don't have the hops. I, you know, like I don't have the ability to really excel at volleyball, all right? Um, the thing about this race that we're in, objective number two, anybody can run this race. Anybody. You don't have to be the smartest, the, the most agile, the most skilled, the most clever. Anybody can run this race well, right? Anybody can aim to, 
to please Jesus in everything they do. Everybody can um, be humble. Everybody can grow in serving others. Last one, last way, the last strategy we're given in that, Hebrews 12, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, because sometimes the race is tough. You forget, you lose, you lose track. Where's the, where's the path? I've lost track. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He ran the race before you. He's with you. He's applauding your efforts. He's there to strengthen you and to help you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And just like Jesus did when he ran the race, keep your eye on the joy, the joy that is ahead, the new heaven, new earth, the full reconciliation of yourself to God and to one another. It's coming. It's there. The, the, the line is there. That's where we're headed. All right, let's stand and pray. Um, this is a team sport. We get to help each other in this. I want to encourage you during this last song to get prayer. That's an act of humility. I don't really know if I should. Yeah, come get prayer. Um, be in a group with others during the week. Lean on others. Call others. Reach out to us. Use your connection card. We're in this together. It's a, it's a team sport. Uh, we need each other to run this race well. Lord, we, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, God, for number one, making the way for us to level up and be saved, Lord. Uh, and if anyone's here, Lord Jesus, who hasn't yet done that, help them know that, Jesus, and, and help them see the next step. Lord, call them to yourself. Help them know that that way is open to them and, and to not delay, Lord God. And Lord, we ask that you would help us who are the saved, who are united to you, who have been adopted into your family, who've been made new, Lord God, who are spiritually resurrected and alive with you, Lord God. Help us to run this race well, the race that you've marked out for us, Lord God. Help us take off the things that entangle us, Lord God. Help us get help for those things, Lord God. Help us help one another to press on for the prize. We love you, God. We thank you for bringing us into this, Lord. Continue your good work in us this morning. Amen.